to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 37 of the Feed You podcast. I'm Elisa Connor, and I am so grateful you're here. This week, we are talking all about analytics and falling in love with your analytics. And I think by the end of this episode, you are going to have a new appreciation for how being aware of your analytics and using those to determine where you spend your time and your money, it will impact your business positively. So let me first start off by saying that I'm so grateful that you all are here joining me again this week. And if you're new to the show, thank you for tuning in for the first time. I was asked that if you have questions or comments or things that have worked for you from these podcast episodes, reach out to me on Instagram. You can find me at Elisa Amazon Mary Connor. That being said, let's get started. First, I want to talk to you. I have several different areas that we're going to walk through uh, regarding analytics, including some tools, why they're important, what they are, and all of those sorts of things. So let's get started in case you aren't aware of what analytics are. Let's get started with that. Analytics are basically whatever mechanism you might use to track a sale to everything you spend your time, energy, or money on to market and grow your business. That can be anything from Facebook ads to say this podcast or any kind of uh, networking event you might might be doing or any kind of investment, even if it's a networking group that you might be doing. If that's not resulting in a sale, then you have a sales funnel problem. And you would never be aware of that if you haven't analyzed what is and isn't working. That being said, I want you to take a good deep dive look at all the things you're investing in. And a lot of us will sign up for this or sign up for that and then we never do anything with it. And I'm gonna be true and frank with you right now. I am a course junkie. I have so many courses and I, I had a lot of guilt around that. And I finally let that go because a lot of times I don't finish a course because I don't need to. Uh, I got out of the course what I needed to get out of it. And usually it's one component. And I'm not saying I haven't finished any of them, but usually there's a lot of repeat in the courses I do because of the industry I'm in. There's just a lot of people say the same things and I don't really need those components. What I need was one specific piece from that course to implement into my business. So I go and I learn that piece and then I implement it. So if you have course anxiety or you're having stress over not finishing those courses, give yourself permission to just take from it what you need and know that that was the reason you were uh, drawn to that course or information to begin with. But it is really important for you to look at that, whether it's a course investment or um, say a table at a local vendor show, if you're spending money and time, and usually it's time is the investment, especially if you're a newer entrepreneur, you know, is that paying for itself? You're in a room with how many other vendors? Did you actually get leads that were viable, that were the people that would be in your target market to work with you? And if the answer is no, then 
you are now aware of that and you can make a different choice next time when you're asked to participate. That being said, here are some areas that I want you to take a look at uh, when you're investing, when you're investing to market. Number one is your time. Your time is really valuable and the, the quickest way for you to realize how much time is costing you, here's an example. Right now, I do a lot of, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to hire a web developer. I can build websites. I'm pretty good at it. You know, I've done it for a while, but it is not an area that I love, love, love. And it takes me a long time to, I, I nitpick it. So I sit there and I nitpick and I do, and I know that I could easily find someone to hire someone to do that much quicker, much faster, and it's going to save me a ton of time. So now I'm in the process of not only trying to find a person to do that, but also somebody, a project manager to set up all my processes. Does that mean I won't be involved in those processes? Absolutely not. I will definitely be involved in those. However, I don't, I don't have the time to set them up. I want to hire somebody to do that, set them up and manage them because that is not my genius zone. Yes, I can do it. I did it for many years. It's not where I want to spend my time. That being said, every time that I go to develop a website, you know, I could hire a developer for anywhere between $35 and $50 an hour. When I'm spending my time to do it, I charge two to $300 an hour. So I am wasting that amount of money. It is costing me that much money to do it. It's actually costing me money to do it. I want you to look at that for your business. If you go and spend four hours at a trade show and you charge, you know, even $50 an hour, you had better darn well be getting $200 worth of new leads out of that. Because if you're not, it is not paying for itself. And that's really what I wanna make you aware of in this episode is whatever you're investing in, and time is a big investment, it's something you can't get back. So be aware of that. Whatever you're investing in, if you aren't reaping um, or you know getting the return on investment on that investment, you need to make a different choice. Don't beat yourself up about it. Don't think about all the things that you did before. Just become aware of it and start to calculate it. And that goes for networking groups. I, I used the example of a networking group in, um, in a previous episode. I was in a, a three letter, three initial group. I'm sure you can guess who it is. I don't wanna call them out on here because I'm sure I'm not supposed to do that, but um, and it met weekly. The meeting was at least an hour and a half long every week. And then it was, if you calculate drive time in there, it was probably another half an hour. So I was, I was spending about two hours a week just at the meeting. That's eight hours a month. And then I also held a position, which was probably another two hours a month. So that's 10. And then all of the other coffee meetings, which there were several coffee meetings a month. I think when I finally calculated it out, it was somewhere around 30 hours. So it was costing me $6,000 a month to go to that meeting. I was not getting $6,000 a month worth of business out of that meeting, so I cut that meeting out. And it helped me to clarify where I did need to spend my time and where to find my clients, because as I referred to in the previous episode, my audience wasn't in that room. They couldn't afford me. And I could no longer afford to be in that room because it was costing me too much money. So be aware of that. Your time is your most precious asset. And if you aren't calculating that time into your return on investment, regardless of what your business is, then you are 
definitely losing money in your business in that arena. So number one is time. Number two is advertising. And I see a lot of people that run ads and they just, I don't know that they have a real strategy behind what they're doing. They're just running an ad to run an ad. And you really do need to have a strategy behind how does that fill your funnel in one way or another, whether that's, you know, growing your email list or you're getting people signed up for a specific webinar that you're going to sell to them at the end, or, you know, it could be multiple facets. Don't just run Google ads to run Google ads, have a purpose behind them and a strategy behind them. And then most of all measure to make sure they're working because if you're investing in advertising and it, and you don't have a measurement of what that's, you know, actually doing for your business. And I'm going to give you an example in a minute. Um, that's a huge problem and that can actually take down your business and put you out of business. So I had a client about a year and a half ago that, ran a um, drug treatment center and he had worked with a medical or he had worked with a marketing specialist. I use that term in air quotes who had convinced him that spending $35,000, yeah, $35,000 a month on SEO was the way to grow his business. Yet when I asked him, I'm like, show me, you know, how many clients you've gotten with that $35,000 a month. He couldn't do it. He couldn't relate how many clients were coming in the door specifically from that advertising investment, actually coming in the door to get treatment. And unfortunately, even after working with him, he was so, I want to say almost brainwashed by this other marketing person that this was the only way to do it, that he continued to spend money on that. And I, I don't really know um, what his profits and losses look like right now because that was the end. that was the termination of our agreement but um it it's terrifying to me that people can be convinced by so-called marketing professionals to invest in things that don't have some sort of analytics built into it like you've got to show me that those people are walking through the door and spending money with me that is true analytics showing me that you know people clicked on this and did that that's not telling me you've got to figure out a way to give yourself the information that what you're investing in is actually leading somewhere. And if you don't know your numbers, you know, I'm not a huge numbers person, I'm a creative, but I know well enough that if I'm not tracking my numbers, nobody else is. And even if you have an accountant or a bookkeeper, you need, or, you know, a Facebook ads person, you need to be holding them, you know, their toes to the fire to show you, okay, how many of these people that we've, you know, run ads to have actually become clients and they should be able to show you a direct path to what that what that looks like in your numbers. Number 3 in this area and I touched on this a little bit but is, you know, if you're speaking or you belong to different organizations like chambers or networking groups or um associations if you're investing, and a lot of those cost money, so if you're investing in those different arenas, are they bringing you leads? Are they converting into customers? And if you can't tie your investment, including your time investment, in those different different arenas to cash coming in the door, then you probably need to reevaluate whether or not you want to up your renewal for those groups. Uh, other promotions that you might be running is another one. 
another area that you should analyze. So if you're running a specific promotion for say past clients and you're putting a lot of time and effort and energy into that and then it's not converting, you may want to rethink, you know, one, your messaging around it or two, do your clients, your previous clients really actually need that product or service? Um, and look at, you know, if it's not selling, why isn't it selling? And if it is selling, what can you do to perpetuate more sales? Also, something else that people don't look at is social media, their email marketing and their website. You know, you invest a lot of time creating social media posts and writing stories and photography and doing training and in your Facebook group. And even in your website, like websites are not cheap. If you have a really good website, they're not cheap to build and create. Now I'm going to list a caveat here in just a minute about online marketing, but let me get through the list. But also with your emails, I mean, I know it takes me a lot of time to write my emails every week. And if you're investing that time and people aren't converting, you need to see what's broken in the funnel. And you can't figure that out unless you're looking at your analytics. And we're going to talk about tools in just a little bit. So I'm not going to go into that. One caveat I want to let you know about online marketing that people don't realize is that it's not instantaneous. Typically, if you're growing things, whether you're doing it organically or you're doing a combination of paid ads and organic, it's going to take some time to get traction, especially in the world that we live in now, because it is a really crowded market space. Everybody's figured out online marketing, especially the marketers. And they have, some of them have endless budgets and um, can spend tons and tons of money on Facebook ads, and you've really got to figure out a way to differentiate yourself, your product, and what you, you know, the solution that you offer to stand out in all that noise. And to get some traction, it might take a little bit of time. I've had clients come to me that are like, oh, I have a new website, it should be working right now. I'm like, no, that's not how this works. Um, and they, they don't want to invest in ads, they don't want to invest in anything else, they just want this magical website that brings them business. And the reality is, is that everything you do online is just like offline marketing. It takes time, it takes attention, and it takes money. If you're marketing your business and you're in business, you have to expect to invest those three things, time, money, and um, effort. Last but not least, I see this all the time, and there's nothing that infuriates me more is when people spend money on with coaches or business consultants and they see no results, like thousands and thousands of dollars. I've seen people spend upwards to $30,000 in their business and they're so excited about their coach and they're so excited about, you know, working with this person because they're so popular and da 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 And they may be the best coach in the world, but if you haven't implemented what they've said, or they haven't taught you a way to actually increase business in your, you know, increase sales in your business, there's no ROI in that investment. So you've spent, you know, $30,000 on a coach. And if you haven't made back that $30,000 and then some, was that really a good investment? Just be aware of those things. Be aware of, you know, that's one of the things that I look at when, before I invest in any kind of program is what kind of results have the people that have invested in that program previously had. If they don't have any results or they don't have any numbers associated with success, I am very hesitant to invest with them. I, I got burned really early in my business um, by a coach and I just promised myself that I would not let that happen again. 
So those are the areas that you should look at for analytics. And there's quite a few of them. I'm just going to, you know, list through them one more time, but time, advertising, any kind of organizations or speaking that you do, any kind of uh, additional promotions you do in your business, any kind of online marketing, website, social media, email, and then any kind of training uh, programs you do, whether they're online or you've actually hired a coach. Those are all things that you should be analyzing in your business. Now, I think I've covered this pretty well, but the second thing that I want you to be aware of with analytics is, you know, why they're important. And I talked about this a little bit, but I wanted to give you a real life example. Now, um, when you are a local business, you will have pretty much every direct mail marketing person come to you to want to sell you advertising, as well as every chamber. Now, depending on your business, your audience may or may not be affected by that type of advertising, but they're so persistent and they're so good at sales that you're like, oh, everybody else is doing it. I want to do it too. That's why I want you to be aware of these analytics. So the the group that I picked, um, I'm just gonna, I don't know if I'm supposed to say their name, but I'm just gonna go ahead and throw it out there because there's a ton of them. But the one that I picked to just do some research on was Valpack and it's those little um, coupon packs that you get in an envelope and it has like 50 business uh, sheets printed in there. They're usually double-sided and they're color and they're really pretty and they have a lot of information, but there's like 50 of them. And I just did like a brief survey before doing this episode. And I was like, how many people actually open that? And I think like nine out of 10 people. Nine out of 10 people that I surveyed were like, I just recycle that. I don't even open it. So I was just curious. I was like, I wonder how much it costs a business to send these out. And, you know, they come every week. And so I, I just went and I pulled some statistics and just reading through, you know, what um, people spent, the average was, the low end was $700 per printing to $3,000 per printing. And I'm sure it goes upwards from there. And it's based on how many houses they get sold out to and how many they print and all that kind of stuff. So I just kind of stuck to the low end. And I said, okay, if you're a local restaurant, and you printed this just one time, one, one week, and it was, and most people don't do it one week. And you printed um, a thousand of these and they were mailed out. The average return of somebody actually even, you know, looking, coming into the, coming into the restaurant was 5%. And that's not very many. So that's maybe 50 people that came in. You had 50 people visit and you've got to have, you know, say your average meal that you, that you sell on average, you know, your average bill that you need people to be spending is $20. It would take, you know, those 50 people, all 50 of them. Now, not all, you know, maybe, maybe you would have all 50 of them come in, but is it going to come in in the same month? I mean, there's a lot of variables here. But if they all came in, you would break even with what you spent because 50 people 
times $20, and they have to spend $20 or you're not gonna break even. You see there's a lot of variables here. All 50 of them have to come in. They have to spend at least $20 for you to break even. Now, there are so many issues with this direct mail, but this is I'm using this as an example because I want you to be aware when you're investing of being talked into things that sound really, really great because those salespeople are being paid to sell you things. And being aware of, you know, it costs me this much, 90% of the people are throwing it in the garbage so they're not even seeing it. So what are the odds that you're even gonna get 50 people? And it only works for certain types of businesses, but there are some other problems here. Okay, so in my previous episode, I really talked a lot about lifetime value of a customer. And that is, you know, how much money a customer is going to spend with you over the lifetime of your relationship. And so if you're a local restaurant, you're trying to build up a longer lifetime relationship. Every time you go out to eat, you're not gonna go out for say Chinese food. You may go out for Chinese food one day and Italian one day and Mexican one day and hamburgers another day. If you're like our family, you don't go out every night. We, you know, with five people that adds up to be a lot of money. Well, when you are sending out a a direct mail piece like this, you are hoping and praying they're gonna come at least once a month, even though you're sending this out. Well, the lifetime value of those people is probably pretty low because the people that do open these are likely people that will come to your restaurant one time and never come back because there's no more coupon or they can't use the coupon or they're, you know, whatever that looks like, or you have to continue printing coupons. So it's a, a repetitive um, hamster wheel and you don't necessarily need that. You want people that are diehard fans who come in, you know, regularly and not only do they come in regularly, they tell their friends. So one of the local restaurants that I talk about all the time that has done this really well and they don't use that kind of advertising, probably really um, in, intentionally they don't advertise that way, is Snooze. And they have built their lifetime customer value in a very different way. They've actually created a cult-like behavior around their restaurants. If you don't have Snooze where you live, I'm sorry, you should get one because <laughs> they're delicious, but they serve breakfast. They are famous for their pancakes. And I have never been to a Snooze when I didn't have to wait. They are open, I think they open at like 7 a.m., 6 or 7 a.m., and they're only open till like 2. And if you go on the weekend, you can expect, in fact, the people that eat there expect to be waiting an hour to get in and get a seat. And so that is a much different perspective on building a following and creating lifetime customer value than say, you know, the local Chinese place down the street that's like, here, get $10 or off your next order every week in the, in the direct mail coupon thing. Now, that's just one problem in this whole arena. The other reasons that this doesn't work, and a lot of people, like I spend way too much time thinking about this stuff, but I, I really wanna make you aware of it before you invest your time, your energy, your money, is that like if you're investing in direct mail, think about it, there's 50 other businesses in there. How many of them, if you're a restaurant, are probably already, or are also restaurants? I can guarantee you there are at least three to five other restaurants in there. Those are your direct competitors. So not only are you paying money to be in this envelope, but you're paying money to be in an envelope with your direct competitors. 
and you're not visible. You're in a stack. So if they even open it, they have to dig through it to try and find your coupon. So they better really like you or really want to come check you out. And you're not targeting anyone. You're just randomly sending it out to houses, hoping and praying that someone wants to come and eat Chinese food at your restaurant. And you're in competition with not only all the restaurants in the envelope, but all the other Chinese restaurants that are within five miles of where your restaurant location is. So by not targeting and being in that competition or, you know, that envelope with all your competition, how can you ever expect to get traction with something like that? So I I guess I'm bringing this to your attention because there are better ways and it's very old school marketing where you just throw something up against the wall. It's like a billboard, you know, people are like, oh, billboards are great. I'm like, billboards are great if you already have traction. But if you don't, I mean, it's a good reminder for people, but it's a very expensive way to market and not be able to track specifically how people found you and whether or not it's working. Same with um, another one we have around here is bus benches. I think every realtor in town has a bus bench and I'm just like, okay, you drive one block and it's, you know, Sally Joe from Remax and then you drive another block and it's so-and-so from um, Keller Williams and then you drive another block and it's, you know, Joe Schmo from Coldwell Banker. I'm like, you all have a bench and they're like within a block of each other. How do you think this is going to work? And so I just... I really just want, I'm bringing this to your attention because I want you to know what this looks like from the outside perspective, like from the customer perspective. And before you invest in things that won't work and you won't know if they're working or not if you're not using analytics. So that leads us to number three. If you don't analyze, you're not gonna know what is or isn't working and you're guessing and you're just throwing stuff out there and going, oh, I hope it works. And under this one, I wanna give you some tools to help you analyze what is or isn't working. And the first one's super basic. Open up a Google Sheet or a Excel spreadsheet and type in everything you're doing and just start tracking it every month. And that includes your time. Like if you spend 10 hours a month networking, write down for each group that you go to how many, how many hours you spend, including driving, because that's part of your time, and how much business you're getting out of that group. And if you track it for six months and the answer is zero, then I think you have your answer. And I get, you need to build relationships over time and yada, yada, yada. But the bigger problem is, is if you're spending time in those groups and you're not getting any traction and you're not getting business or you're not getting the clients that actually can afford your products and services or see the value in what you do, then you're in the wrong room. And there are other rooms you can be in and other ways to market your business. So that's really the simple, most basic one. They're gonna get a little bit more complex from there. Um, Google Analytics is probably one of my favorite tools of all time. It, it is very comprehensive. It can be a little bit intimidating, but even if you just set up a Google Analytics account and track it to your website and even you know your Facebook ads, you can at least see what is happening. And if you can't do that, there are many experts out there that can help you set that up. And um, it's gonna give you some really good insight on not only, you know, how many people are coming to your website, how long they stay there. If you have WordPress, you can actually add this as a plugin. 
Um, and I highly recommend you do so because every time you open it up, your dashboard is going to show you not only, you know, how many people have visited, how long they've stayed, uh, how many people have bounced off, meaning they came and then they immediately left. But also you can get into depth into how many pages they went to, what they did on those pages. I mean, you can get as deep as you want, uh, but it's also going to give you, you know, the traction from your social media. So if you have, say, a Facebook post that leads back to your website, you can you can connect the two to see how many people came from Facebook to your website versus how many people that came organically, like from, say, your podcast. So a lot of times I will have a link for a freebie in my episode, and it's a direct link to my podcast. So I may want to know if I, if I post that same link on Facebook in a different group or as a... Um, an ad or whatever that looks like, how many people came from there versus came directly from the podcast? Because then I know, okay, well, <clears throat> if most most of my people are coming from the podcast, I don't want to run an ad to that freebie because it's, you know, all my audience is all coming direct. The same goes for any kind of ad spend you're doing. <clears throat> if you're spending money on Google ads or any other kind of Facebook ads, Instagram ads, you name it, YouTube ads, they all have reporting built in. They all have analytics and you can go in and see how many people are actually clicking on it, you know, all their steps, clicking on it, converting, and you can set all of that up. I'm not gonna go into Facebook ads or, you know, um, online advertising, cause that's not my area of expertise. But I do wanna make you aware whether you set it up or not, that you're holding either yourself or that person that you've hired to help you with it accountable for ROI. Like we're spending money on this. I want to see, you know, what, what is happening. And you may have to ask them to explain the report to you. That's their job. Have them explain it to you. Have them tell you, you know, what you should be looking at, what you should be looking for. And you can log in at any time and look at those things in your account. So that would be my second recommendation. My third recommendation, and I really like this one, it's, it's new to me, is called Mix Panel, M-I-X Panel, P-A-N-E-L. And what's really cool about this is it helps you understand your customer's journey. So when you set it up with them, and it's not free, I mean, it costs money to do this one, but when you get more advanced, this is a really cool tool to add into your tool belt because it helps track, you know, okay, how do people find out about me? Where did they go next? Where did they go next? Where did they go next? And then how do they finally end up buying from me? So let's use a real life example. Somebody saw um, one of my Facebook lives. They then went to my website, saw that I have a free Facebook group, joined the Facebook group, went from the Facebook group to my free webinar, uh, went through the webinar, and decided to enroll in an online course. That's their journey. And I wouldn't know that specific journey or where they got lost along the way if they never made it to the end without some sort of tracking mechanism. And so you can see how that would be really powerful in your business if you're able to track that whole journey. So again, that's called mix panel. Another area and um, that, that last one was a little advanced, so if you're not ready for it, don't worry about it. Just write it down and save it for later. Um, but another area that people don't look at is their email reporting. And you may go in and go, 
um, I'm going to send out my email blast. You know, I have my weekly or monthly email blast, but they never go and look at the reports. And there are some things in there that are really important to take a look at. Number one is if you have bounce, bounce rates. Those are people, now there are soft bounce and hard bounce. Soft bounces are people that either their inboxes are full or the server was down or something like that. So they're a little less prevalent to get rid of, but you may want to resend to them. And most email providers give you the opportunity to do that. If, if an email wasn't opened, you can actually resend it. The other are hard bounces. Well, those are emails that either don't exist anymore or they never existed. Maybe somebody gave you a fake email. Those are people you want to get off your list immediately. Because if you have those hard bounces and you're in a paid plan for your email, you're paying for those people. So one, it's costing you money, but two, every time that that bounces and you don't take care of it, um, it's, it's also kind of a ding against your email record per se. Definitely counts against your um, overall statistics and you just wanna get rid of them. I mean, you wanna get rid of the hard bounces, the soft bounces, you know, if it's been month after month after month, my guess is, is that it's probably a abandoned email account and you can get rid of those too. Most email service providers will give you some sort of reporting option to look at that. And a way to take care of that, like with people that aren't opening your emails, which leads us to the next piece of this, which is your open rate. If you have people month after month after month that haven't opened your email, it's probably due to a couple of things. One, you've added them to your list without really them wanting to be a part of your list. And two, um, they may not be interested in your content anymore. So I highly recommend that you send a list, I call it a list scrub or a list cleanup, email to them and say, hey, you know, I know she haven't opened my email for a few months. If you're still interested, you know, I'd love to keep sending you email. Are you interested in, you know, areas A, B, and C? If not, feel free to unsubscribe. So that way you can do a little bit of list cleanup. You're not having to pay for them and it's not affecting your open rate. Now open rate is the number of people that have actually opened your email. That's really important because if they're not opening it, you have like a 1% open rate. You're like, uh, you gotta work on your email titles and headlines and stuff like that. And I've got an episode on that uh, that I will link to in the show notes. It was episode number 32, if you're looking for it. And um, you might you probably need to do a little work on that. Now, if, one one caveat there, open rates, you're, you're likely never going to have 100% open rate regardless of how fantastic your list is. Average, I think, is around 20 to 30% right now of open rate. If you have higher than that, woohoo, high five, good job. Um, but if you're around 20%, that's industry average. You're, you're probably pretty good. But what's more important than open rate is click-through rate. And what that means is that you have a you have a link in your email of some some type that is leading them to the next piece of your sales funnel, and you want them to click that link because that means that not only have they opened your email, they've likely at least skimmed it, if not read it, and they found the link interestingly interesting enough to move to the next piece of the puzzle. So that click through rate is really what you're looking at. And you, you know, the higher you can get that uh, in your analytics, the better your funnel is gonna do. 
So you want that that click through rate to be you know high higher than. So if your open rate is like 20%, you want it to be at least 10%, because that means half of the people are clicking on it. Um, <clears throat> so that's another area that you can take a look at is your email reporting. And I don't want to dive too deep on it, but just go dig into whatever you use. I know ConvertKit makes it really easy to um, go and look at, you know, unsubscribes, cold subscribers so you can cold subscribers that's like a great little delineation that they have because you can actually go and say oh these people haven't you know opened anything for a long time i can just go and ask them do you even want to be on the list anymore and if they say no my feelings aren't going to be hurt it's fine you know you i you've moved on you've done other things it's okay we can break up it'll be fine um and it's actually better because then you're not in their inbox and you're not bugging them anymore. But maybe, you know, you're going to spam or something and you don't even know it. So uh, let's see here. Number five, I talked about this a little bit already, but you can, with Google Analytics, you can uh, look at these, but your social media presence. You can also look at it within the direct apps. So Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all of those. But a great way to gauge um, some of the metrics on there is to determine, you know, engagement. How many people are liking your posts is not really as important as how many people that are sharing it or how many people that are commenting. And the reason is, is that it's really easy to like things and Facebook takes this into consideration. And since Instagram is owned by Facebook, same, but it takes a lot more effort for your audience to comment or to share it with a friend or to share it on their wall. And that is considered higher engagement. And so you're gonna show up higher in the newsfeed when you have more engagement, which is why you'll see posts that say, comment with your favorite Thanksgiving dish, for example. Uh, those posts that people comment on and share their opinion on have higher engagement. Those are That's what you're striving for with social media always. So just be aware of what those look like and you may have to change your strategy if you don't have a lot of engagement. And then last but not least, um, on this list of tools is, you know, do you have a sales funnel set up for any kind of live events you're doing? Whether that's going to a networking meeting or, you know, what does that look like? And how are you analyzing it? How, are you, how do you know if people are coming from that group? Because maybe it's not someone in the group but it's a referral from the group. So do you have a special discount code or do you have a special opt-in for those people? Or what does that look like? And just making sure that you're looking at the analytics on that, because I know a lot of people that fly all over the country speaking, but if you're not in some way driving those people through your sales funnel, that is a huge investment of your time. And if you aren't making back that investment, whether you're being paid to speak or not, then you have to evaluate whether that's a good use of your time. So, um, the last uh, piece that I wanna leave you with is, you know, all of these different tools that I've mentioned and all the examples I've given you in this episode really need to answer these three specific questions. Number one is, is what you're investing in actually working to uh, increase the sales in your business based on how much time, money, and energy you're spending on it? And I, I brought this up several times throughout the episode, but if you're spending you know, time or money 
or even just energy thinking about it and it's not producing results, I'm begging you to reanalyze your investment. Because if you're spending, you know, energy and time and money on that and it's not feeding your business, why are you still paying for it? Would you go to the grocery store and put a bunch of food on the counter and pay for it and then walk away and not take it home with you? Of course not. That's ridiculous. So why would you do the same thing in your business? Why would you continue to run ads to something, uh, some piece of your business, for example, uh, let's say you're running ads to a free webinar and nobody signs up. Now, mind you, it might not happen the first time, but if you do it five, six, seven times and you spend a bunch of money on it, or the example I gave earlier, you're spending $35,000 a month and you don't have any clients to show for it, there's a problem. You're gonna go out of business. So just use some common sense and be aware of that. Number two, be aware of where people are getting stuck in your sales funnel. And a lot of the analytics will show you that. Like if they only make it so far, like they're not clicking on the link in your email, maybe that isn't of interest to them. Maybe you need to do a survey and find out what they are interested in. Or if they're not, you know, moving from social media over to your download, why not? Are you in front of the right audience? Um, same with being in the, you know, in a room of people that you're networking with. If they aren't converting into clients, then do you want to spend more time there? And then last but not least is think about places that um, you may have overlooked previously in the past or ignored uh, that you have invested in and they're just, they just keep sucking money out of your bank account. I know a lot of times we, as entrepreneurs, we get really excited about different products and services and memberships and all these different things. I know for myself, like I, I try a lot of different online tools out and I've gotten really cognizant of if I'm going to invest in a tool for, you know, email marketing or webinars or whatever, if it hasn't paid for itself, like, or I'm not using it. I have no qualm in canceling it. Whereas a lot of people will just like, they just have these monthly charges that go through every month, every month. And it can be hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars. And they're like, oh, I'm not making any money. Well, of course you're not. Because you have all these subscriptions that you've been paying for every month and they're not making you any money. So anything that you're investing that money into, whether it's you know growing and marketing your business or it's just an expense, just make sure that it's feeding your business. That's what I've got for you this week. This was a lot to take in. I hope you guys uh, can take some of these tools and tips and implement them into your sales funnel and uh, see some traction. Because I think just being aware of you know analytics and being aware of how much they can help you determine what is going on in your business and where you're spending your time and money and your energy is really, really important. And there's a lot to consider. You don't have to take all of these and implement them. I just, I like to give you a lot of tools so you can choose the one that's going to work best for you. And, you know, if you have to start with one and then, you know, graduate to the next, do that. But just be aware and just, you know, adding that into your thinking and your, and your presence and your mindset is really going to help you determine where you're, where you're investing and making sure that it pays for itself. So next week, I actually have three case studies on sales funnel success with clients that I've worked with that I want to share with you. And we, it'll be the uh, final episode of our sales funnel series. And uh, I'm going to just walk through, you know, some of the situations with you 
of where they started, some of their struggles, what we did to kind of fix their sales funnel so that they were actually increasing their profit and their revenue or numbers or followers or whatever it might be. And what you can do, uh, what, which of those tips you can take with you to implement in your own business. So thanks so much for being here this week. I really appreciate you guys listening. Again, if you want to connect with me and ask questions or leave comments, I would love for you to reach out to me on Instagram at Elisa M. Connor. And if you have loved this episode, I would love for you to share it with a friend or leave me a review on iTunes. I appreciate those reviews. And it's so awesome when you can share it with other people because you find value in it. And I just appreciate you. So thanks again. And I'll see you guys next week. Take care. This episode is being brought to you by my new free training, how to create an irresistible opt-in that people actually want. You know you need an opt-in. Everyone's told you you need an opt-in. What they haven't told you is what to create, how to create it, and for the love of Pete, how to connect it to both your email service provider and your website. That's why I've created this free training to give you the inside scoop about how to do all of those things. You don't want to miss this free training. So take this time right now to go sign up at elisaconnor.com forward slash simple, because I am going to help you create the simplest process that you can repeat again and again, every time you need to create a new opt-in and a new download that attracts those people, grows your lists and grows your business. Again, join me for the free training at elisaconnor.com forward slash simple. See you inside.